0: Welcome back to Just Scrap Crap Radio on BJPen.com. I'm your host, Cole Sheldon. Episode 70, we got a really good lineup for you ahead of UFC Vegas 15, Eagle FC 46. First up, we're joined by both halves of the main event of Eagle FC 46 and Kevin Lee and Diego Sanchez to preview their fight against one another. Really good challenge, both of them, to talk about how this kind of came together. Both of them signed with Eagle. We talked to Kevin more about the move to Sanford, why he wanted to go to Eagle, fighting at 165, and and how this fight against Diego is going to go, he's really excited to look fight a legend, kind of a step down in the competition is what he said, because he's been fighting just really tough guys in his last couple of fights. And for Diego, we talked about why the BKFC move didn't come to fruition. Obviously, he was linked there. Dave Feldman even told me that was the fight, or they were close to signing him. They wanted him versus Mike Perry. Obviously, that didn't happen. He explained why he decided to go with Eagle, why he's excited to be there. And they both kind of talked about fighter pay in the UFC. Both had some really interesting thoughts about Dana White and and how the UFC's run. We're then going to be joined by Terrence McKinney who's pulling off a bit of a gangster move, stepping up to fight. Uh, Drew Dober on short notice, about a week's notice, just two weeks after he his last win, where he submitted for his CM in the first round. Drew Dover's is a guy that's been in the rankings before on a two fight losing streak. Lost Islam Mokachev by submission and lost to Brad Riddell in a very close fight last uh, June. So he's been off for a while. He's supposed to fight Ricky Glenn. Glenn pulled out, in steps Terrence McKinney, who's 2 0 in the UFC with that first round submission win. And then that seven-second knockout over Matt Favola. He's, in his last five fights, all of them have been in the first round. None of them have, the longest fight he's had is that two minutes and 11 seconds against Furry Him in his last five. So this fight has fireworks written all over. And Terrence thinks it's a white fight. He'd go out there and get the finish and just really show the lightweight division. He's not a guy to be messed with. And then we close things out talking to Damon Jackson to preview his fight against Camilla Kirk. This is a really intriguing one. Camilla Kirk pulled off that upset last time out beating maquan amir back in june in his ufc debut damon jackson coming off the win over charles Rosa. got back in the wind calling after losing to Al tapuria which is obviously not a bad loss at all really good stuff with damon about the fight uh the division and why he's kind of surprised this is the fight he got but he's really looking forward to this one and making a statement here but be sure to share the show subscribe thank you all for listening and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of just grab radio All right, we're joined by now Eagle FC fighter, Kevin Lee, who's got his first fight coming up. Kevin, how's it going, man?
1: What's going on? What's going on? I don't know if we can necessarily call me that, but we could just call it Kevin Kevin Lee.
0: Yeah.
1: MMA fighter. Yeah. Let's let's just say MMA fighter. How about that? Obviously,
0: headlining this card against Diego Sanchez, like we talked, like the day of that press conference, you said they floated out Diego, that was a name you're interested in, so how quickly Mm -hmm. after that
1: did this get done? Yeah, I was happy that uh they they were, you know, working with me and choosing the opponent. And it got done kinda quick. It got done maybe in, in a week, two weeks. Um, so it it showed me that they took it serious and, you know, was taking my my requests and stuff serious and my career too, because now this is like the perfect catapult into into a bigger fight.
0: And with Diego, like <laughs> everyone kinda knows who he is, like tough mm-hmm. one guy, like just everything he's kind of accomplished so like what do you think a win over him does for your kind
1: of career and like your start of your running eagle yeah I feel like this this fight does a lot you know like you said everybody knows him he's well respected uh you know what to expect from him and you know at this point in 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 my career everybody kind of knows me you know you you know what to expect you know I'm gonna go out there I'm gonna fight hard uh and I think Diego will answer some questions that that people including myself have about me so um when i go out there and and i smash them then it's gonna not only i think it's gonna build up my career it's gonna build up this whole organization and everything else that 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 we have going on in this mma space i feel like we in a we in a real interesting time right now in it so uh i'm happy to be one of the forerunners in it and this fight is is one of them
0: what have you made a diego's run because obviously he lost to jake matthews then that whole thing with fabia is kind of the reason he got cut not because he was like on a skid or anything it was because of his coach but like he's yeah. been pretty durable like even at his 40 like he's still showing like some signs that he can still fight
1: yeah yeah i'm expecting the best diego um he's somebody you talk about like he was the ultimate fighter one winner i was a freshman in high school at the time i barely even knew what mma was when he was in for him to still continue on and, and do what he doing now um he, he's getting my full respect he getting my full attention and uh i'm expecting like a prime Diego I, I feel like sometimes we don't necessarily know how this how this game works you know it's different for everybody um who knows he might come out he might be better than he was in the past he might be you know now that he's got uh some of that weight shed off of him he he shed the last coach you know he talked to me a little bit about it um I'm so I it seems like he in a, he's in a good place and I'm gonna put him in a bad place
0: and 165, do you not think that benefits both of <laughs> you guys? Because both of you guys always seem too big for lightweight, but like just a tad too small to hang with some of those big
1: welterweights. Yeah, we just wanted the two people. Um, I feel like it's you could probably point to 50 guys that, that this division is going to benefit. Uh, I, I feel like you can create more than a whole division off of this. So um, we just parted a catapult in it. You know, they, Eagle the first Eagle uh, two weeks ago, had like a few fights at 165 and and they were good fights like really good fights so um i think it's just the start of a a new division that i'm gonna be champion of real quick i don't ever
0: i didn't ever understood why the ufc wouldn't do it like it was the quickest way for me in my mind to get connor title shot he could fight for that inaugural belt. you have like colby could go rda could go like diaz poirier like it would be like easily the best division like you would have went there like it would have been the best division in their, like, whole company, but I don't know why they would never do it.
1: Yeah, and now you see everybody is uh, kind of flip-flopping divisions, something that they avoided for a long time, but it's out of necessity, you know. When when you hear about, uh, like you just said, uh, Dustin Poirier wants to go up to 170 now. You know, he's tired of making that cut. Uh, it's so many guys that, that they could have did it. Why they didn't, I don't know. I think he's just stubborn as hell, to be honest with you. Uh, but to end 170 at Kamaru Usman, I feel like makes sense. You know, There's there's a clear lineage at 170. You got Matt Hughes, you got George St. Pierre and then Kamar Usman as, as great champions end it right there. And, and let's start something new. And that's what we're going to do. So I, I'm excited to be the, the, the first one to do that.
0: And I know when we talked to, after the press conference, you said you were going down to Sanford is, did you end up making that move?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm here now. I'm here now. It's been about a month since I've been in Florida. It's been cool. It's been fun. Uh, and uh, you know, I think this is a, a great start to to another chapter of my career.
0: Well, what's that like working there? Because there's a lot of good lightweights and welterweights for you to work with. Like there's Chandler, there's Luke, yeah. like Burns, like there's tons of guys for you to work with.
1: Especially uh, especially welterweights. It's a yeah. lot of welterweights. There's the uh Bellator welterweight champ, there's Jason Jackson, there's uh, uh I mean there's there's so many guys at, at around this weight class. Uh it's it's been great. Like Honestly, it's a lot different than training over the extreme. I, I miss extreme. I miss everybody that I that I knew there. But um this is it's it's different. It's hard every day. It's it's a wrestling mentality. It's it's more of a team aspect than I've ever been used to. And uh at this point in my career, it's it was definitely needed. I needed to be around more people and and, and in a team type of aspect. Um I feel like I've been lone dogging it too long almost, you know. Uh, since the passing of Follies, i kind of been out here just lone wolfing, setting up the training camps myself, finding the partners, finding the training. Like it, it it was just a little too much. So um, this all came together at the right time.
0: And who is going to be your corner then? Because there's a lot of good coaches you can kind of pick from there.
1: Yeah, uh, Henry Hulse definitely uh, is going to be added to it. Um, but, of course, I'm going to keep Dewey Cooper. Uh, he He's one of the two people that I always said will always be in my corner no matter what. Um, so he'll, he'll make the trip over from Las Vegas and, uh, Faraz Ahabi will still be in my corner too. He, he'll come down from Canada.
0: Are you, uh, like sending footage to Faraz and Dewey or is that some, they kind of know you anyways, and you'll just talk to them on fight week.
1: Uh, Dewey, you know, we, we, we know each other so well that, that, um, as soon as I hit with him once or twice, we'll, we'll hop right back into it. Uh, with Faraz, I'm sending footage back and forth. Uh, we, he, he's more of the mind behind it, the game plan So, uh, we stay in contact.
0: Well, like I'm up in Canada, so I know how hard it is for you guys to get up in here. So like once everything clears, like are you hoping you can get back up to Montreal sometimes and train with Ross?
1: Uh at some point, yeah. Yeah. Now if I'll do a full training camp there, I don't I'm not sure yet. That that part is still up in the air. Um, but absolutely I'll come back up to Montreal and, and train. Um, you know, like you said, this whole COVID thing just just really shut down Canada. So um, it, it took it out of my off my radar as far as moving there and 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 moving there permanently, you know. Uh, but as far as like in the future doing training camps or or just coming up there to train, yeah, absolutely, we'll do that. And with Diego, like, how do you think you match up against
0: him? Because I think a lot of people kind of think you're probably the better wrestler than on the feet. You guys, mm-hmm. I would probably give you the edge as well in striking.
1: Yeah, uh, when you talk about striking, wrestling techniques. I feel like i I outshine them. Um speed, strength, athleticism, youth. Uh there, there's a whole lot stacked in in my corner. Um, but I'm still it's still a dangerous fight. And I still I gotta train twice as hard almost. You know, it's, it's sometimes it's harder to beat these guys that you know you're supposed to beat. Uh, but that's just that's gonna be an evolution in my game that I'm gonna keep showing to people. I feel like I'm the most dangerous guy out, outside of the UFC at this point. Um, there's nobody in the world that could touch me. So I, I got to make sure that I stay on point with beating the guys that I'm supposed to beat because uh, most of these guys I'm all supposed to beat.
0: And with this fight, like, is there, <laughs> is there more pressure for this one than most of the other fights just because everyone kind of expects you to kind of run through Diego?
1: Yeah, it is. It is. I'm not going to lie. But the pressure pressure makes diamonds, you know? So, so I'm going to rise to that occasion. It is some more pressure, though. I wouldn't lie and say it's not. Uh, how
0: do you kind of see yourself winning this fight then? Because, like, when you go out there and you kind of perform your best, like those
1: finishes tend to happen. I'm, I'm going to hurt Diego. I'm going to hurt Diego bad. Uh, every day that passes by in this training camp, and, I, and I'm, you know, you constantly you, you, you run the fight through your head, and every single scenario comes out with me hurting him really bad um he's tough he's mentally tough he he can hang in there but I, i'm just gonna break his body down to the point where he can't take it anymore um and yeah he he he's gonna be in for a world of hurt
0: uh, do you think a win here like your next fight would be for that belt at 165
1: yeah i don't know we'll, we'll we'll have to see i think uh at the end of the year is is when they're targeted and doing titles um there there's a title fight underneath my my uh my fight so i want to see Kind of the logistics around that title, Uh, and and by the end of the year, I might get one more in. But we're gonna see. We're gonna see.
0: Yeah, like what is kind of the goal for you with this? Like, are you hoping to get probably this one and at least one more? And I imagine
1: Uh, the the goal is is world championship. Um, To to wrap that that belt around my waist. That that's that's number one. Uh, To be a world champion in MMA, I, I feel like now we're we're at the at this weird junction where we're separating from these big organizations you know it's it's always it's long been known that the u f c doesn't have the best fighters necessarily um they just have the most marketable fighters you know but this is a big world there's a lot of men out there fighting um and I got something to prove against everybody who wants to step in there at one sixty five so that that's my goal right now is to is to be a world champion and then We'll we'll take it from there. I'll, I'll make a bunch of money, um, and we're gonna have some fun.
0: Have you talked to Habib or like Rizvan about who could possibly be next and who they're kind of bringing into this division?
1: No, we we take it one step at a time, one step at a time. So, um, I'll build around the, the division around me. I don't give a damn who who else they have. I don't care if they get you ex UFC fighters. I don't care if they get some new young guys coming up. I don't I, honestly, I don't, I don't give a damn. So, uh, we focus totally just on this fight now and then afterwards then we'll, we'll talk and see who else is out there
0: i'd imagine though you'd rather just be on the miami cards rather than going out to russia or do you like going out there at least once at least once
1: at least once i if if i get that title in russia um and have khabib wrap that that belt around my waist that is just something about that you know to to have the who people consider the greatest lightweight wrap a super lightweight belt around my waist and do it in Russia would be, would be kind of iconic, you know, that'd be kind of, I don't know, the stuff movies are made out of. So yeah, I I definitely entertain a fight in Russia, especially if we end up going to war with them.
0: (laughs) I'm sure you've probably seen their first event in Miami. That cage looks super small. Like, is that something you even notice? Like how do you think that plays a role in the fight? Uh,
1: It makes it a more exciting fight for sure uh and it, and it benefits my style you know somebody everyone knows I'm, I'm right in your face from the get-go to to the end i'm in your face the whole time so in a smaller cage you, there's nowhere to run and uh i'm a violent violent motherfucker so this is just gonna add to it
0: uh just a couple more things i know you already kind of smoked spoke on your instagram but that whole thing when you got flagged by nevada like how big of like a yeah. headache kind of was that where it's not even like any performance enhancing drugs and they're flagging you and suspending you for that
1: Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, It still is. You know, the the suspension is up at the end of this month. Um, I got to pay the ridiculous fine and, you know, go in front of them and all that ridiculous shit. So um, I I feel like that was also a part of of, not that it was a part of the the release, but uh, I feel like they didn't necessarily like me talking up and speaking up about. Uh, having ADHD and dealing with those issues and stuff like that I feel like that was something that they kind of wanted to keep under the wraps uh, which the UFC is known to do and uh, the whole thing was was kind of a headache from that standpoint uh,
0: you can call this crazy but like I kind of think you were partly released because of Nganu and like You're rep by CAA, and I think they were kind of like, okay, if you're gonna be this big of a headache, we'll just
1: cut your other big guy that they rep.
0: Like, do you kind of think there's some of that too?
1: Yeah, that was the number one factor for sure, and I I don't even think that's a that's a secret at this point. Um, Yeah, it, it was just a way to send him a message to say, okay, we'll we'll do this to your guy. You know, he's standing up for you. He's he's standing right beside you. He he's on your same management team we we can do the same shit to you even if you are the champion uh and especially if you would have lost that belt to to surreal uh yeah it was it was a message that they were sending to him to try and get the 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 contract done before the fight the thing with that i'm forever going to be tied into that N- nagano situation at this point um but i still stand by him and making the most amount of money possible if if he takes a a, a 70 million dollar fight next with with uh Tyson Fury, then, you know, I got at least I could say I got some role in it, even uh, as minor as it is. I was just a casualty in it. Uh, makes me happy for it, you know. And with
0: dealing with Habib and like Rizvid, like, is it a lot better? Like, because Habib's all about like relationships and like being loyal with his family and stuff. And where like yeah. UFC more of a business, like, has it been a lot better dealing with them on the back end and like contract negotiations and all that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's why I say that we're in this uh, this transition phase and from the business side of of MMA. um, It's much better dealing with somebody when they don't just hold their power over you like that. Uh, You know, me and him know each other personally. We can have these type of conversations uh, with the UFC. There is no conversation to be had. And if that's the way they want to continue running a business, good. Uh, they'll keep getting these contender series guys, and they'll keep getting other guys that that will kind of fall for that while they're while they're broke and you know kind of need the money and will just take whatever, however you treat them. Um, but I feel like we're we're going to be in a transition phase where you start seeing fighters have a lot more power to throw their own shows and and do their own thing and work with the people that they really want to work with. Uh, and honestly, I feel like that's going to grow the sport. A- at this point, we're not just a fringe sport anymore. You know, people all around the world know the UFC. So now it's time to introduce them to MMA. Uh, and I feel like that is the next evolution of, of how this sport is growing. And for me to be one of the guys to see it go from really nothing, you know, the, the VHS, the DVDs into and, and what it is now, uh, I can see how much more room for growth it is. Do you think we'll
0: ever see a day where not maybe not even fighters unionized, but maybe it is closer to like, the nhl and the nfl where it's like a 50 50 revenue split just because like even though people hate him like i have mm-hmm. friends that don't really know anything about ufc or their pay when jake paul started talking about it they were technically like yeah. they actually only make like 12 and 12 to start I'm like yeah it's like 12 and 12 times 10 like and like yep. especially you and gone who bring it up like it seems like now the public has started to really kind of see what you yep. like, do you think anything will eventually ever happen like
1: that i i think uh, laws will probably be enacted to to protect us against some of these uh some of these things that promoters use to against us i mean this this type of stuff has always happened right whenever you've got the, the big promoters and the people that 's actually doing the work people are always going to try to take advantage it 's happened in boxing before, and what saved them was was the laws you know the muhammad ali act and and, and things like this uh there 's none of that in MMA. and I feel like the more people are aware and talking about these these this stuff uh eventually some laws will get passed now if if a union is created something like that, I don't necessarily know at this point uh especially with considering how against it the u f c is and against calling colonists calling employees, even though you basically are an employee when you when they treat you like that um I don't necessarily know of a union, but but laws I think will will come out, and then I think you'll see a lot more people being their own promoters, and uh, it'll go the way that boxing is now, where the big the big fighters are the big promoters. They're getting the money. They're they're bringing the people to to watch them, and we uh, getting a more of a, a a fair share that way.
0: And just last thing, obviously a guy you fought in Olivera is kind of running through everyone. Next yeah. up is Gaethje, like. How do you think that goes through? And should he get past that? It seems like Islam will be next. Like, do you kind of see either of those guys being able to beat
2: him?
1: Honestly, no. I, I think it'll, it'll take more Oliveira slowing down. Um, he has had a lot of fights. And I think uh, that's something that people don't necessarily pay attention to. He's had a lot of fights, a lot of wars. Um, and he's starting to take up some damage. But as far as skill-wise, I think I think he blows both of those guys out the water. Uh, he and I've said it before. He he's the most skilled man that I fought. Um, and as soon as that fight was over, I was like, oh yeah, that that's the the best 55er out here right now. So I still feel he he's still gonna be that after Gaethje and after Islam too, or or anything like that. Uh, granted, his body can hold up over some of his years of pun- punishment that he's taken.
0: Well, Kevin, I appreciate the time as always. Thank you so much for doing this again. For sure. For sure all right we're joined by diego sanchez who's got a big fight on eagle fc diego how's it going
2: going good going good uh just training hard and um putting in that work and uh, sacrifice dedication you know to go out there and put a show on man you know um, i'm 40 years old and you know i learned from some of the legends like uh randy couture and dan hendo how to how to push the career you know as, far as a, as long as I can, you know, and so and right now it's just about uh, being in the best condition and, and getting the work and the technique and and taking care of myself at the same time, you know, not getting injured, not getting hurt.
0: Uh Before we get into your fight, I just quickly want to touch on like this last year, like obviously you're supposed to have that cowboy fight, then everything goes on to the UFC and then you end up getting COVID really bad. Like what has this past like 12, kind of 14 months been like for you?
2: Oh man, it's been crazy. Been, it's been been a wild ride of life, um, you know, wild a uh, wild ride of experience. And so, you know, yeah, it's, it, it, it was hard, man. It was hard. And I went through hell, you know, and, but it, it only made me stronger. I overcame it. And even with the COVID was like, was really. Hey, bro, please, dude. Sorry. It's all hey, right. COVID. I'm at the barbershop right now. I'm with my homie, Kevin Crane. He's getting lined up. Um, Just, uh, yeah, no, it was a hard year, man. 2020, 2021. Coming out of 2021, I almost died. So 2022, you know, has been um, a blessing so far. As, as, you know, in December, I was starting to recover. You know, I was starting to recover from the COVID. And right away in January, man, Ali hit me up. He's like, Eagle FC, they, they want you, Diego. They want you. They want your name. We... We want to bring you to our organization. We want to treat you like the legend that you are. And I was already um, in negotiations uh, for BKFC, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. And that was going really well. And um, I had a a nice bag that was ready for me to go do some BKFC. But um, the way things ended in 2021 and, and with my career in UFC, I'm a legacy pioneer of mixed martial arts. And so being a pioneer of mixed martial arts, I really felt it was needed that I that I finish the I finish the chapters the finish the final book of Diego Sanchez. Cause I didn't get a finish, you know, everything that happened with my trainer and my manager and and the crazy ordeal that I was in. Yeah, no, I, I didn't get a finish correctly and I, I still had more that I had to give to the MMA community. And
0: when you get this offer from Eagle and you get the name like Kevin Lee, who's a big name, like, what was that
2: like? I imagine that has to be pretty exciting for you. Well, the big name when Kevin Lee was released from UFC, the press conference for Eagle FC went really well. And uh, the media and the attention that um, he was getting to sign with Eagle FC, I was like, all right, there's something behind this. And And I looked into it and Eagle FC and, and, and Habib's Russian connections, Muslim connections. I just, I feel like it's a good place for me and it's a, it's a little bit of a cleaner, a cleaner environment opposed to Sin City, you know, and, um, it's a little different. You know, it's just, it's just different. Habib carries family values, morals, integrity, and respect. And so at the end of my career, you know, I didn't feel like I was getting that from UFC, So, you know, to come to Habib, uh, one of the best champions ever, you know, some people call him the GOAT, the real GOAT, Um, you know, to go and work with this man and his company and help promote something that's going to be new that can actually improve the sport of mixed martial arts. And I feel that he's going to do that with just having, you know, having a straighter line, you know what I mean? There's, you know not everything is what you see on tv you know there's a lot of strings being pulled you know with a billion dollar corporation and for you know you could you could believe it or not but that is the truth and that is what it is it's a business and it's just a business and i wanted to be involved in a business that was a little more than just business a family you know someone who you know, we'll appreciate what you do for their company. I go in there, and I have an exciting, stellar fight and just completely expand the viewership of Eagle FC. You know, Habib and, and, and Rizvan, they're not going to act like nothing happened. You know what I mean? I, I did this with UFC many, many time and time time again. You know, it's epic, bloody, legendary fights. You know, so I'm excited. It's a, it's a new space. You know, uh, it's a new place. We're going to be fighting in Miami. Hey bro, please. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Guys, but please. And, um, yeah, no, so we're, we're, we're just, you know, we're doing this mission. I got a, a good coach behind me in, uh, Frank, the tank Lester. Um, he, he has UFC experience. He, uh, trained John Jones. He trained Cowboy Cerrone. He trained Mike Perry. He's put a lot of hard work in and, um, uh, you know, the way things ended for him and, and Jackson Wink Academy wasn't so good either. You know, and the way things ended with JW and me wasn't so good. And so me and him, we've teamed up, you know, and he's there for me every day. Holding mitts, he's big, he's strong, he can handle the hits, and, and he's just a great coach, you know, with experience. So it's good to have him on the team. I got my homie, Kevin Crane. Kevin, remember the name Crane? It was a, a jiu-jitsu phenom right now, um, the high rollers champion, and he's starting his mixed martial arts career. So I got him down here. We're working, we're working the stand-up. We're working the ground. We're, we're doing everything that we have to do because, you know, I know in my mind and in my heart um, once Kevin Lee realizes I'm not what he thought I was. That he's gonna, he, and then when he he see when he sees that this guy can actually strike, kick, punch, move, and 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 fight ambidextrously, he's gonna be like, I'm gonna take this guy down. And so I'm prepared when he, you know, the takedowns coming. In my opinion, the takedowns coming. I know it's coming, and um, I have my um, counter attacks and strategies prepared and ready to go and uh, be victorious.
0: Uh, with this fight, like I think a lot of people view it as Kevin Lee's. This is a, f- a fight for Kevin Lee just to win and Kevin Lee to get built up. But for you, like, what's that make you think? Because I've seen people go, "Oh, Diego has no shot." But like, you look at your career; you've been big underdog before and pulled them off. So, like, what's it like when people think you have no shot or have don't have much of a chance in this fight?
2: Well, you know, the truth is, I have been an underdog my whole career. I wasn't supposed to win the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. I- supposed to win the king of the cage world title i wasn't supposed to do none of that from little new mexico albuquerque you know no gracie Jiu Jitsu, no real professional boxing gyms no real uh martial arts talents out here you know we have our guys but you know what i mean it's albuquerque is a, a it was a, a thin a thin very thin group of of talented talented coaches and, and trainers out here and so i made it to the top i'm an underdog And I'm still an underdog. And the whole point about this, me being the underdog, it's an age thing, man. I'm Kevin Lee's 29. So that's all I want to do is go out there, make a statement on Diego Sanchez is not just a dog fighter. Diego Sanchez is not just a mentally tough fighter, a, a physically tough and durable man. Yeah, I have those attributes, but I am also a skilled Cerebral warrior that has understanding for the concepts and principles of mixed martial arts And um, I had to go through hell to find this shit. I had to go through hell to get my skills I had to go through wars. I got it. My body took the toll You know everything, you know, it was it wasn't easy to get what I got, but I got something now and That's why I chose to even with the pay cut go fight in Eagle FC over bare knuckle fighting championship because it is about my Sanchez legacy, the Sanchez legacy, everything that I did from the start to the finish, and and for me to capitalize at the end with a, with triumphant victory, it's gonna it's gonna be a statement that cannot be denied, and so that is the mission that I'm on, that is the journey, that is the vision, and so I'm going out there to just um, use my skills.
0: How do you kind of see it playing out? Just because you kind of brought up earlier, but like I'd imagine Kevin tries to shoot on you at some point, but like, how do
2: you kind of see yourself winning this fight? Well, um, you know, I got many tools in the bag to win this fight, whether it be on the ground with a submission, whether it be on the feet with a strike, kicks, punches. Um, All I know is that the guy that he's watching on tape is not who I am right now. And so. If he's play- if he's training for the guy that fought Jake Matthews, that's not Diego Sanchez at all, at all. And with this, let's see, a year of retirement, I, I, you know, I, I, all I did for that full year was train my hands for BKFC. That's it. Like like the one piece of the puzzle that I I kind of lacked my whole career.
1: Mm-hmm. I
2: I put the work in. I put the time in. I put the thousands and thousands of repetitions in. Um, to really learn how to do this, you know, in my opinion, the best that Diego Sanchez has ever done it. And so I feel that when I get out there and I'm in the fight with Kevin Lee um, He's gonna be very surprised on the speed that I bring to the table as a 40 year old I think he's gonna be very surprised with diversity and dynamicness that I bring with fighting ambidextrous And I'm not talking about jump and switch stance. I could fight both sides equally perfectly the same and so this is gonna present things that you know he's not ready for. And now it's the last three weeks of training camp, and, and they could do everything they can to prepare, and I could do everything that I can do to prepare. But we're gonna go do war, and uh, we're fighting a three fight, a three round fight. So you know it, it's um, you know I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be put, putting my 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 foot on the gas pedal. I'm gonna be you know doing the same thing Diego did his whole career. I'm a pressure fighter. And I'm going to go out there and I'm going to pressure him. I'm going to put the pressure on him. I'm going to get in his face. And and I'm going to hit him with stuff. And um, that's when I believe that the fight will, will change. And he's going to go. Um. Oh, I, I lost your – oh,
0: I lost you. oh,
2: I got you again. Oh, I got you again even a call yeah um no um i i 100 you know i I feel that that's when he's going to realize you know most people they go to their strength you know when things aren't going the way they they anticipated or the way that they perceived things were going to happen they're going to go to their strength and um i believe that kevin lee's strength is his wrestling and his athletic ability and um so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put my mind and his mind in there because really it's 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 the mind right here. You know what I mean? It, it, what kind of mental toughness do you have? You know, and um, I have nothing but respect and honor and integrity for Kevin Lee. Thank you for taking this fight. Um, I like Kevin Lee. You know, there's no hate or resentment. This is r- the real, true Bushido way. Like, like I, I'm going in there to outskill this man. I'm going out there to go and just put it together put everything that I did in 20 years of mixed martial arts I just want to put it together and I was always undersized for 170 pounds so at 165 pounds I feel that it's going to be uh the right frame the right weight the right frame I think that that the weight cut is going to be proper and I'm going to go in there strong and healthy and um, give my best performance of my career
0: you get the win here, like what are those emotions like what's that like after everything you went through this past year too? Ah, man,
2: it's it's nothing, man. It's no emotion, man, you know, um, I'm fighting for my family, I'm fighting for my God. I'm fighting for for my life, and uh, that's why I'm still fighting. you know what I mean it's It's always much more than just a paycheck. And I'm fighting for my legacy. You know, I'm fighting for who you, who is Diego Sanchez? Who is this guy that, you know, did a lot of stuff in the UFC, but who is this guy now? what what you know like what is this guy gonna bring what is he gonna do how is he gonna react how's he gonna feel in a new space in a new place a new ring a new cage a new venue not vegas you know like it's it it, it there's a lot of different dynamics that go into to this uh this show and and uh, i'm excited just to go out there and give my best that's all i've done my whole career is give my best and uh, be a fighter in life, you know, and and life is a much bigger fight than uh, Kevin Lee. Life is a much bigger fight than BJ Penn. Like life is the fight. And if you don't know, learn how to fight for your life, you're going to just die. You're going to end up dying. And so I'm fighting for my life and I'm inspiring the rest of the world to fight for their life, fight for their best life, fight for happiness, fight for joy, fight for your familia. fight for the things that matter in your life not just uh, finances
0: Uh, just two more things like you don't seem like you're really slowing down or really interested in retiring but have you thought about like how much longer you want to keep
2: fighting for um yeah no you know it's just um it's all about the body you know what i mean um because i'm I want to do this for, you know, I got three fights with Eagle FC, so I'm on a mission to go get the 165-pound super lightweight title. And after that, you know, I'm going to reassess and see what's going on, man. That's how, that's how we do in this game, you know. Um, I might do a bare-knuckle fighting championship after this. You know, like, I always did want to do a fight with no gloves. So um, that's a big possibility, too.
0: Uh, and just last thing, like, for you, Percy, like, are you still disappointed or just mad about how this whole UFC thing ended? Just because you are, like, a UFC legend, like, you brought so many people into this sport. Like, are you mad about how all that ended?
2: Oh, no, man. You know, there's there's no need to hold a grudge. A grudge will only kill you. A grudge will only hurt you. A grudge will only put you in the chains and, and, and the shackles of hatred. And 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 that's not that's not Diego Sanchez positive energy. I'm on the Diego Sanchez positive energy, infinite, universal, God upstairs taking care of me type of energy. And um, no, I have I have no resentment at, for what has happened and transpired in the end of my career with the UFC. But um, with that being said, I I do think that there's a lot of uh, things that that could be improved in the UFC that they're not putting effort to improve. You know, I just, I believe that it's well, just a business. Me, it's just a business. Yeah. And it's just about money. And I think that fighting is is a different sport. And combat is a sport where men get injured and bleed and sacrifice their, 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 their bodies for the entertainment of the masses and the fans and the building of the company. And with that being said, it's like, like, this ain't some normal business. You need to give some care. You're gonna need to give some 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 love. You gotta give some family value. You gotta give some seniority to a man that that actually did something for the company that actually helped with the expansion of something that became a billion-dollar company business that was 60 million dollars in debt when when i came into it you know i'm like i was a pioneer and i did do great things you know i was never the ufc champion but um i was a people's champion for the ufc for a long time and before the internet came around for all you millennials that don't know what it was like before the internet um there was a thing called cable tv and that's where you used to watch the ultimate fighter on your tv screen you had to get together you had to sit on the couch you had to go to a go to a sports bar you had to watch this this innovative show that was a was a the expansion it was the expansion it's what exploded the ufc to another dimension and um so on tv i don't think that anybody's ever had more tv fights than me and i i I didn't Main event after main event. I did the Nick Diaz fight on on TV. I did the Clay Guida fight on TV. I did the 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 Catman fight on TV. I did the Ellenberger t- fight on TV. I did so many so many TV fights, and um, I just I just feel like you know what? I just let it go. I'm happy and grateful to be in a new organization that values me and recognizes me for the legend that I am. You know, even if it's a pay cut you know it's about the values it's about the, the the real characteristics of this company and the core what what what's coming from the core is the mm-hmm. core just greed cuz that ain't cool is if the core of something is just greed is that the only reason you're doing it is that the only reason it exists is just from the core the core energy of greed no that's not how habib works habib was never about that and that's why he was blessed abundantly because he was doing it for his legacy. And now I'm in Eagle FC and I'm looking to be an Eagle FC champion. I want to be the golden eagle, the golden eagle out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what I'm trying to be. I ain't trying to be that bald, white, white headed eagle. I'm trying to be that golden one. Go- Eagle My FC 165 pound champion. That is the vision. That is the intention. And that is the goal. Uh, just quickly following up on that, like,
0: just a two part thing. Do you think you ever fight in the UFC again, or because like I think the you should have like a, that proper send off, and then yeah, you kind of mentioned it with the greed. Like, do you see anything ever change with the UFC with fighter pay? Like, you see fighters like in Ganu stepping up.
2: Like, do you think anything will ever change? Well, um, I don't, I don't, I don't really see it change. I don't see it changing. I, um, I, I don't see UFC changing. I see it going under before it changes. I, I see something newer and better coming that um, takes it out, or maybe it goes bankrupt. I don't know, but uh, I, I think that in the end, you know, UFC, you know, they've done a great job expanding the sport, but um, it is a, a greedy organization, and. Um, how how many billions do you have to get before you start paying the fighters more than ten percent of the venue? You know, more per, more than ten percent of the revenue. You know, it's you know you got the NFL and the NBA. They're 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 getting paid fifty. You know, the 60. other uh, other 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 sports are getting paid sixty. You know, like on the real. they like UFC. They ain't paying 100%. fighters, and we're the ones that are. We're the fighters that get fucked up. We're the fighters that get fucked up you know and and it's just like you just they just throw you out like a piece of old trash and and don't come back again and i don't even got a fight pass and um like can i get tickets to the fights i don't know you know i wasn't i wasn't a, i wasn't an ass kisser you know what i mean i just i just did me and believed in me and um now i'm still here doing me and um the journey continues you know, you know, my story is told uh, not so much on the on the Internet, on these podcasts, but my story is told in person. You know, I like to look people in the eyes. I like to let them feel my energy and know that I'm not lying. You know, when you look someone deep in their in their eyes and down in their soul in your life, man, this dude ain't a bullshitter. This, mo- this dude is telling me the truth right now. So when people want to know about my story and what went down with Joshua Fabia and all that, you get it in person, maybe at the right time, the right individual, the right person that I trust, that I love, that I care about, that wants to listen. Maybe we'll put a camera on and we'll do it. But um, as far as as far as that story, you know, it's, it's a it's a mystery. It's a mystery and i'm a mystery man and i got a plan and i'm on a mission fighting for my family fighting for the lord and savior jesus christ my god up in heaven who saved me from the whole ordeal with with the fabia you know it's all that's all jesus right there that's all prayers that's all spiritual work but uh, we live in a world where people don't really like to talk about the spiritual side of life because it's scary it's really scary. You start talking about uh, dimensions and 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 beings that are, you know, that are, are vibrating on a multi-dimensional level. You know, it, people don't like to talk about that stuff. Me, in person, I'll tell talk to I'll talk to all that. Tell you all my stories, because I am one of the men that went down the rabbit hole to try to find my own spiritual truth. I got hurt in the process, and I I sacrificed my freedom even in the process. But um, at the end of the tunnel, man, I I refound what was real from the beginning. And that was my um, relationship with um, the spirit of Jesus Christ and and God up in heaven, the creator. And um, so people can think what they want and believe what they want. But um, Diego loves you. Jesus loves you. And, you know, it's all about that abundant energy, positive intentions, positive life. You know, think good, think bright, you know, like. Everything comes from the thoughts, you know, control your thoughts.
0: Oh, well, Diego, thank you
2: so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Hey, cool. Shout out to BJ Penn, the real goat of the UFC. Me and him have had many of these talks. Me and him have gone deep as deep as the abyss. And um, vote for BJ Penn, governor of Hawaii. Come on, let's let's, let's rally up. Let's get the right man in office so I can go down to the beach without my mask.
0: Uh, and Diego, I just have to say thank you to you too. Like uh, you are, you and Cowboy Cerrone are like the two guys that got me into this. Like I remember I used to walk home from elementary school and my dad had the fight network on and I used to watch like your fights and Cowboy fights and that's how I got into this sport. So without you, like I would never be doing this. So just thank you for that too. Well,
2: Cole, it was, it was good talking to you and – um you know, if you ever want to do it again, you got my number, hit yep. me up. And uh, maybe after this uh, triumphant, magnificent victory, we'll do another one. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Have a good one. All right, brother. Later, man.
0: All right. We're joined by UFC Lightweight Terrence McKinney, who's making a bit of a gangster movie. Or Terrence, how's it going, man?
3: Good, brother. Pleasure to be on with you, man.
0: Yeah. Obviously, we talked after your last win – And you are kind of saying how you're either going to get in two weeks from now or two months from now. Like, that was the plan. Did, like, how quickly did this fight kind of come together?
3: Uh, Just this last minute, as soon as I saw that uh, Glenn fell I was just like, I want
0: that. With Drew Dober, like, he's obviously a big name. He's on a two-fight losing streak, but you look at the guys he lost to at Islam and Brad Riddell and, like, he's fought a lot of top guys like how excited are you for this matchup just because he's a guy that's been in the rankings before as well
3: um like i said um this one the the fights just keep getting more and more exciting like this one yeah it gives it gives me chills like how excited i am and like 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 they say you only get one opportunity to blow you know and who's gonna seize it and i'm not here to just uh Say I want to fight everyone. I'll fight this guy. Like I want to actually show that. That's why I don't call no one out. But if the opportunity comes and the name shows up, just know I'm signing that line.
0: It's a lightweight fight, correct, or is it a catch weight
3: Lightweight, one fifty-six. Man, let's get it. Is,
0: is that something like obviously a quick turnaround? But you're you used to fight at forty-five. So, like, do you not think the weight cut will be much of a problem for you?
3: Um, not not at one fifty-five. It's a it's just the perfect weight class for me. Honestly, it's. Like, I'm healthy, um, like, it's just perfect, Cause especially because I just fought. So I was like, I just don't, I gained, like, 20 back, but, like, also I was training. So I, like, lost, like, the five pounds easy. So, like, I just was staying at 170. So, like, this was just easy pickings, you know, for weight-wise. weight, weight wise.
0: Oh, With Drew as well, like, most of his fights, he does lose by submission. Like, is that something you you've even noticed?
3: Um. Yeah, I noticed that as well. But we're we're here to show the world we can do it all. So it's expect some fireworks. Um. This this has uh something spectacular written all over it. I see, I see God moving in my life and just getting this opportunity. And him saying yes is like it's such a huge honor.
0: You took this on like basically like seven eight days notice. So like what are you kind of doing in that time like is it training or is it more kind of studying drew and just kind of figuring out how you're going to go because obviously you still are in shape just because you fought two weeks ago
3: but yeah no we got we're working on the game plan right now and that's why you see me at the gym um we're training as well um, like i said we, we're not we're not here to stop the grind don't stop you know god bless me the opportunity and like i tell you guys i'm not going to take this for granted ever
0: Are you surprised Drew took this fight? Because it seems like a high-risk fight for him just because you're a guy that's only 2-0 in the UFC and he's a guy that's been around, fought kind of the top guys.
3: And, yeah, that's what makes him such a savage as well, you know. And I got mad respect for him putting everything on the line against a guy that hasn't been in the UFC at all, you know. So I appreciate him for giving me this opportunity.
0: Obviously, I know you like to strike, but even in the last fight, you kind of showed off the wrestling. Like, what is kind of the game plan here? Is it to kind of mix in the wrestling as well, or would you rather keep this on the feet?
3: Um, it just all depends what, what happened in fight. You know, my legs were swept out, and he kind of pounced on me. And so, like, like I said, I just don't get one-track minded, you know. I'm thinking the whole time I'm in there, and as soon as it hit the ground, the wrestling instincts uh, kicked in. And on the feet, if he stands back up, the – the mixed martial arts kicks in again. We're elbowing, we knees, we're doing punches. It's just we're ready for whatever the fight goes. And Lord willing, when we get the win, uh, same thing. is all glory to God. Like, like I tell them, they can't stop what he has in motion, you know. I'm sorry. It is what it is.
0: Five first-round finishes in a row. Like, is the goal to make it six here, even though Drew is a pretty tough guy to get out of there early?
3: Now he's a thief, man. So I'm ready for uh, the three rounds. Uh, He's very adorable, but I think we can definitely keep that 100% finish rate uh, come this Saturday. Do you think
0: because you're finishing all these guys in the first round, people are going to start being like, oh, wait till we see what Terrence looks like in that second and third round, or oh, he only has cardio for that first round? Because it happens to all those guys that get early finishes. And like, Do you think that's going to happen to you pretty soon? One, and people are just going to be like, oh, you just got a brain down to the second round?
3: Yeah, I love when people think that. It's not my fault I'm out here just finishing people in one round. It's just preparation, you know. And like I said, guys on my side. So um, there's no nothing to doubt, no fear to be held. The uh, fighters fight. And I'm confident in my abilities to get the job done or I wouldn't be fighting right now. And your
0: wrestling was always that people always talked about. Oh, you just need to take him down, but they never knew about your wrestling, and you kind of showed that off in your last fight.
3: Yeah, that was that was huge, and because now I got the whole mixed martial mixed martial art world on notice. So.
0: Your last fight, do you think that was kind of like a turning point in your kind of career, where everyone kind of now knows you as not just this striker, now you're a threat on the ground as well?
3: Yeah, it's just nice because now I'm going to be taken seriously, and that's why. Uh... This is really like a perfect fight for both of us, you know. I feel like right now we're both um, can hang with anyone in the top 10 and we're both showing that we can finish people. So like this this, this has fight a fight of the night written all over and I'm excited for this one.
0: With Drew, like two fight losing streak, you never know when you get to three in a row. So you're kind of expecting the best version of him out there?
3: Yeah, and I know he wants to write those wrongs, so um, but also he better be smart because as you guys know, I'm a I'm a dangerous man. Um I finish people, so he got to take that into consideration. We both got things to take into consideration and that's what makes me so excited about this fight. What do you think will
0: win? does for you? Because the only guys to beat Drew lately have been Benil Dariush, Islam, and Brad Riddell who are all ranked and then Islam and Benil are in that top five. So like he's only losing to those top guys.
3: I think this catapults me into the rankings at least 15 and and then now we got a whole nother uh, fun uh, journey to go after that. Uh, like I told you, top 10 in the UFC and before the year ends and we're taking the strap next year mark my words you know it's not just me saying it's just this is what god told me this this is why i started fighting and i seen this when i died and i just got to live it now and give god the glory because he's the one who's giving me the victory uh
0: something we talked about too after your last win was you were hoping you'd get a new deal just because you got those two quick finishes did you get a new deal because you took this one
3: yeah i got a new contract yeah so it was a no brainer for me. Um I got a lot of exciting news for the world coming um, so and I got to make as much money as I can before then.
0: How exciting is that for you? You're already on your second UFC contract and you're getting these big fights only 3 fights into your into your UFC run.
3: Um it's just amazing cuz God's not only giving me like favor to win but favor like in the UFC with the fighters and And people willing to take a chance on me. And I'm very honored to be here. And like I said, that's why you guys see me in the gym today. Like the weight's good. Um, Everything's just looking perfect, man. Like I was in tears a couple days ago because like this is nothing, this story's nothing short but a miracle, you know? Just this whole journey.
0: Like your story could easily be a movie if you capture, if you get that belt, like that's like a. It's like something like Disney couldn't even write.
3: Yeah, like this is this that's what I'm saying. Like, and that's what's cool about this journey. Like, people gonna know that I'm not at the biggest gym. Um, I don't got the craziest biggest coach in the world, and and that's why people gonna know that that God is real and that like he was on he was on my side during his journey and I want people to feel feel the blessings and feel inspired by what he's allowing me to do.
0: Oh, you obviously have very good hands and submission. Like, Drew's only ever been knocked out once. Like, do you think it's more likely to get the sub then than the knockout, or you just, or is, does it really matter to you?
3: Um, I think, yeah, most likely the submission. But I de- I think we're definitely going to hurt him on the feet, you know. And I definitely know the, the speed advantage is definitely in my hands. Um, I know he cuts hard, and we're going to really push the pace on him.
0: You get your hand raised here, like, it's probably rankings. I know you're not a guy to call your shot, but once you enter that top 15, like, is that when you kind of start planning to call guys out then?
3: No, same same model, man. Uh, I don't call anyone out. I'm all respect, uh, but if they throw their name out there and you're number four or you're number one, um, I don't care. That line's going to be signed, and we're going to look to show up and perform
0: when would that ideal time frame, because you're a guy that likes to be active, like you get out of here fairly healthy, like you're a guy that likes to, like you fight four or five times a year and you're already on pace to probably do that again this year.
3: Yeah, I definitely want to get five fights in, like I said. So as long as I'm healthy, uh, the fans should expect three more fights.
0: Uh, Final thing, last time we talked, you said top 10 by the end of the year, but this fight already happening in March. Do you not think you can be like, well above that and be like near top five (laughs) because this gets you top 15 like your next fight already could be a top 10 guy
3: i I know it's just um like i was so surprised about this it's just like what is god gonna do next like that's why it's so humbling for me and like every time a name's sin it's just been like whoa they already are already like geez like um this is definitely gonna be like i said like you said something worse putting it in the movies and like i said this is all god's plan man
0: well terrence i appreciate the time thank you so much for doing this
3: no problem man stay blessed brother
0: all right we're joined by ufc featherweight damon jackson who's back in action damon how's it going man
3: doing good man how are you
0: i'm doing well obviously coming off that big win over charles rosa back in october like was this the right time frame for you to return in march
4: um I I was trying to get in uh in December like in January like February like I was trying to get in quick I I, didn't, I don't like uh having time off it's just like you do all this training and you go so hard it's like having time off is just kind of annoying honestly um I was trying to get in in February though that was kind of like a realistic time frame was I was thinking um maybe late January or February but you know then this card came up and he um he wanted me on that card so and I was originally going against, uh, um, Joshua. Uh, the, yeah. 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 And then, I uh, so he pulled out, um, I think he had something going on with COVID. Like maybe he couldn't train the right way or I don't know. I'm not really sure. And so they got, they got this kid coming up and he's pretty solid. So. Are you a bit
0: surprised you and a lot of your teammates aren't on this Houston car just because it is in Texas and you're like kind of the main gym in Texas?
4: uh i mean like maybe old school ufc where they used to like try to sell out the place with uh with local fighters and stuff like that but i feel like ufc could take all americans over to brazil and they would still sell it out like it doesn't really matter ufc the brand is bigger than the fighter and it it is what it is but like um you know i'm not surprised honestly like i you know whenever i first got in the ufc uh, like a long time ago, I was really thinking that every time they came to Dallas or every time they came to Houston or whatever, they would put me on the card at some point. And, um, you know, just after dealing with, you know, different managers and after getting to here, um and like see the way they the, everything plays out, like they don't really need to have like local people because the brand is just so big that um, it sells out no matter where it goes. So I think that that's what's special about the UFC
0: and your opponent in kamala kirk like how much do you know about him like he's kind of he's fought a lot of good guys like he fought like billy q on the contender series kevin crew yeah. and lfa yeah. and then he beat mock in his debut
4: yeah no i mean the dude's solid man i'm definitely you know i'm game uh gaming up for this one this is going to be a good little scrap and uh, i think a lot of times what happens when you get two grapplers like that that it ends up being a lot of stand-up um and that's kind of what I'm thinking the fight's going to happen is that, you know, I'm not going to be diving in on shots because I know that his his wrestling defense is pretty good. I mean, like solid. It's not like amazing, but it's pretty good. And then um, he does have a black belt in jujitsu, So I think that, um, you know, it's something I got to be cautious about. I think definitely like, you know, as the fight goes on, I, I I would see the fight going to the ground from, you know, me or him Um you know, so like I'm definitely ready for that stand up battle that I think is gonna happen in the first and second and then I think towards the end of the second and third it's gonna end up going to the ground and I feel I feel confident on the ground. You know, he's definitely a solid dude, but uh, you know, my wrestling is better than his jits. So
0: Yeah, that's something I actually wanted to touch on is like he's kinda known as a jiu-jitsu guy, but you're not kinda you're not scared to go down the ground with him like you feel confident down there.
4: Uh, I'm pretty confident yeah I've been uh, I've been doing jiu-jitsu for I don't even know like 2005 and then I started wrestling in in 2000 so and I've been wrestling or doing jiu-jitsu every single day since um, I started wrestling in 2000 you know so I've been doing some form of grappling like literally six seven days a week for my entire like from then on so that's you know 22 years of grappling so I, i'm definitely game to go to the ground um and i'm you know definitely not scared take him down and um and being his guard or be you know on top or bottom either way you know i've been doing jiu-jitsu for a long time and uh i don't really get put on my back a lot but um you know it's something i wouldn't be scared to like you know go off my back for a little bit and i can always get up i could always you know work my way back up but um a lot of people, whenever I get on top, you know, I have a really good top control. So that's definitely, that's where my nickname came from. So uh, definitely ready to take it to the ground and um, definitely confident in uh, grappling with him.
0: But do you not think like the longer it stays standing, the more it benefits you? Like I kind of think you're the better striker than what
3: he is.
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that uh, him being like kind of a younger kid, um you don't know what he's just now learning so he might he might come out in the fight and be like um, a completely different fighter and I think that that's what's uh you know just he he's got a lot of time on his side as far as like you know the way he can change his entire style right now so I think that um you know me going out there I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of game plan for a scrappy fight in the first round and then maybe the fight is going my way I won't take him down and maybe he'll be trying to take me down you know and um and either way i feel good with my i feel good with my striking but i feel good with my wrestling defense so like if he starts trying to shoot on me the whole fight then um you know i might end up keeping it standing the whole time and you know and i just uh i want to go out there and get a uh, get a win and get ready for another one and i just want to keep you know keep staying busy
0: how do you kind of see playing out? Just because more times than not, when you win, you do find that stoppage. But, like, Kirk is a durable guy. Like, only Billy Q is yeah. able to finish him.
4: I know, man. Like, so I'm 19-4. And, and I got 17 finishes. And I got, like, uh, it's, it was something like, um, I don't know the numbers exactly. Someone someone tagged me in the other day. That's the only reason I even thought about it. But it was, like, um, I'm 19-4, 17 finishes. I had eight in the first round, eight in the second round. And like one in the um one in the third round against Bechtig and um you know like I, I'm I, I definitely finish people for sure and I've fought guys with better records but like you like you said earlier he's fought some tough dudes and he's durable so and it's like the Charles Rosa fight um I saw so many different holes in his grappling that I really thought that I was definitely getting a submission for sure I thought I was gonna be the first one to uh finish him with the submission and uh You know, the whole fight, he played kind of defense, that whole first and second, he was just doing just enough to, like, not get submitted. And so, um, you know, I think that him coming into this fight, he's going to be ready for grappling. So I think that that'll be um, one of those things, if I get him in a submission, it's going to be off him, you know, being desperate and shooting in or me actually hurting him and then taking his back or something like that. So uh, it's definitely not going to be easy, but I'm definitely, um, you know, willing to take it to the ground
0: your cardio is also something that's like a very strong part of your game is that something that you're kind of like that could play a big role in this fight is just kind of dragging him into those like hard paced fights yeah.
4: man that's what I, I love running man it sucks because I hurt my ankle whenever I was like uh, my senior year of high school and I, I mean I ran all the time I ended up I took 15th in state and cross country and that's like it's like a passion of mine that's just running so like um you know when I have a fight that's the only time that I make myself or that I like let myself run the way I want to because if I ran like that all the time I would just beat my body up but like whenever it's fight camp I just get so excited to like hit those sprints and hit those long runs and stuff so um going into every fight you know I I'm definitely um banking on um you know having that cardio but like you know my last fight is crazy because no one really knew it but like um I don't, I have no clue what happened. But like uh in the first first round, uh, I went out there and maybe I hit like a combo and then I took it I took Rosa down. And then whenever I got back up going into the second um going into the second, I my legs were just like numb. Like they were just like dead. Like I it was like the weirdest thing. Like it was like uh like I don't I don't know what the hell happened. It was so weird. But then I, I like I kind of fought through it pretty good, and then I took him back down, and I realized how, how bad my legs were. And then going into the third, he caught me with the elbow, and um, and then I ended up getting his back. But, like, who knows how the fight would have went if I would have had to, like, uh, stay up on the feet after that elbow. You know, like, that, that would have been a tough fight for sure. And it, that I, I'm definitely gaming up my legs. I'm trying to get them uh, prepared to, you know, go all three rounds, like, full blast and, you know, get that finish for sure
0: where do you think a win puts you especially if you go out and finish him because although kirk only has one ufc fight like it was over Makwan, who is like a pretty hyped and known yeah. guy
4: you know i was trying to get that fight i was trying to get that fight against him and uh because i saw that i was like dude this guy he like i bet i wouldn't be surprised if they if he ends up getting released soon um you know he he's definitely he got some good wrestling and he had a big win coming in and I think that after that big win, he hasn't really done a whole lot. So I was trying to get that fight a while back. And um, I actually had his name on, on a little post-it note, him and Charles Rosa and, like, three other guys, Billy Q. I was trying to get that fight. And, um, you know, but uh, I think a win over him puts me, like, you know, in a position where I can actually ask for another fight here in the next, like, you know, two, two three months. Like, I want to do a quick turnaround. And then after that, you know, who who knows what? Because you know, it's like, I uh, you know, I have I'm 19 and four with the you know, with the finish rate that I have, and I fought some you know really big names and tough guys and everything. But like, I just want to go all in, like, and fight the toughest guys I can get to, and I want to fight rank fights, and I want to try to work my way down this year. I want to be in the top 15. I want to fight someone top 15, and you know, then maybe someone top 10. And, you know, eventually, like within the end of the year, would be awesome. they like definitely want to fight someone top 15 my next fight
0: you're like always a very exciting guy like especially at featherweight and there's like so many fun matchups for you like do you really plan to call anyone or is it right now just whoever the ufc gives you
4: um well like i think you have to be uh on somewhat of a streak to start calling names so like you know i'm only one fight one streak right now so if I go out here and finish this kid and, um, you know, and look good, you know, you can't like the Rosa fight. I didn't really feel comfortable with calling someone out. Maybe I would have called someone out right after that. But like, I think you got to go out there and get a finish to call anyone out and to like, or at least put on a good show, you know, like you got to go out there and have a really good performance that that you're proud of and the UFC's proud of before you can start calling names because, um, you know, calling names, it just kind of gets annoying. It's like, there's only a handful of ways you get fights and like, you just running your mouth and, like, you know, or, like, me running my mouth and doing a bunch of stuff on Twitter and a bunch of stuff on, like, uh, media and, and right after the fight making a big scene, that's not really my style. So, um, you know, hopefully I can just win the fight and get a finish and then, um, you know, get, get a hold of them, you know, get a hold of Sean right away and, you know, get someone in there, you know, next next few months.
0: A lot of good guys at Fortis around your weight class. Like, who are kind yeah. of the main guys you're working with?
4: Mm. always Peterson you know I like mean he has been scrapping for a long time but um we got a kid named Abdul and uh um, yeah. he he like you know not a lot of people know him yet but like this dude is just an absolute beast and he's fighting at 55 and I mean he probably walks around like at a, a welterweight kind of weight he walks around just just thick and muscled up and got great wrestling great grappling and now he's starting to piece together his striking and I think that he has a huge potential, but I've been working a lot with Peterson and Miles for their camp, and so they just finished up, and so now Abdul's fighting um, in two weeks, and I've been working a lot with him, and um, after he fights, I'll kind of be you know backing off my it, my sparring and stuff like that. But um, you know we have such a we have such a young roster that like I I can say the names, and you would never even, you might not even be able to look them up on social media. It's like these kids are just little killers man they've been in our gym for the last like three or four years just killing it and um some of them are actually fighting professionally now whenever they first came in they were just amateurs or you know one to be amateurs and um you know we got, we got we got we have like 50 guys on the on the team sparring and grappling and doing everything so um you know i've got plenty of bodies
0: i know you deleted twitter and then you got it back because like, a lot of people are negative towards you uh, what kind of made you the reason to get it back
4: no it wasn't like that i like i I look people say stuff to me and i'm like dude you just like it's so sad that like people just sit around all day and like you know and um do whatever they can to like beat people down and because they know they can't do it in person it's like so it's like uh you know i i personally feel like social media is like such a big joke but it's like it's very important to like keep the your voice relevant and like to keep, you know, your face out in the public scene. And, like, you know, like after, if you look at the UFC as a business uh, more than just like, um, you know, like you trying to like get your local popular, you know, your face out I mean, and people see you around town, they know who you are. But it's like, if you look at the, who the UFC and like what they're branding, it's like they have to brand something. They're branding the fighters, but it's under the UFC like name. So like, if you don't have your name out there, doing something you know showing what you're you know working on or showing uh what you're about they have nothing to build that off of and i think that that's what's important to like kind of you know just use social media for like a business standpoint and not so much as like trying to like show off um for your personal self it's like um, you've got to be brandable for, you know, different brands. You got to be brandable for the UFC and um, you kind of, you know, you got to use it for what it is, but it's a, uh, there's, there's a lot of negative with it for sure, but there's, there's a lot of positive too. And I think that, you know, after taking a break for that long and just kind of hearing people talk about it when I didn't have it and like people, like so many people, every interview that I do, people ask me about social media. They're like, why didn't you have social media? Why don't you have this? Or like, I'm just like, do like, why is it that big a deal, you know, but then, I, like, you know, I just think about it, I'm, like, you know what, I'll just get it, I, I don't check it, I don't, uh, like, I don't do things on it, like, I get on my Instagram more than anything, because it's, like, it's just so fast to, like, take a picture of, like, I'm training a client, or, like, I take a picture of, like, what I did that morning, or whatever, and it's just real fast, and, but, like, um, honestly, the reason I got back on it is because I needed to be more brandable, and I want to go out there, and, um, smash this kid. And then I want to be able to call someone out and it actually be from myself and not from, you know, if I, you know, tell, if I do this interview and I start calling people out in this interview, it doesn't really mean a whole lot unless it's coming from me. And, you know, people twist words around all day, but if you have a Twitter and you have a Instagram, you can go out there and let people know what you really think. And that way you can kind of have your own voice and uh, make sure that people understand like where you, where you are.
0: Uh, just two more things. Like featherweight or 45 like you always kind of make with these. like sometimes you don't even need that pound allowance so like i assume weight cuts going well like nothing th- is there
4: yeah, for well yeah for this fight definitely um you know like it, it no it ain't easy like uh, that's what like yeah. um you know it, it really pisses me off and like uh i'll tell pierce oh shit are you there
0: yeah your camera that. went out though yeah
4: i went i'm not bad oh there you uh, go so like like the weight cut stuff man like it just irritates the shit out of me when someone misses weight I told Peterson man like what the hell man like how do you miss weight like that just like you know just our gym as a whole like we we don't stand for that like you know if Peterson messed up I don't know exactly what happened with his weight cut but he had some issues that you know the last minute just he just was dying that last couple pounds so if he would have if he would have ended up sucking it up and making weight maybe that fight wouldn't even happen you know it's like um he was having some problems but like for the most part, like, I think that if you're, if you're assigned to a weight class and you miss it, like, I mean, there's gotta be some serious consequences with missing weight like that. Unless it's just like, you know, you know, by like 0. 0.5 or 0. 0.2 or something like, you know, something small, then maybe you can suck it up and let them, let them go without, you know, taking all their money. But like, it's just like missing weight. is just, oh, man. I've wrestled for so many years. So like whenever I'd see people miss by like 0. 0.2 and they would like, that was like, that's our dual point. So like, we would go out for a wrestling duel against another school, and we would lose a whole match, which is six points for our team and We would lose the match because this kid couldn't make weight he couldn't like not take one drink of water you know or something like something so small so like for me, all the years of wrestling, it's just really disrespectful for your like your teammates your your coaches, your gym, and like everything It's like when you miss weight, it should be like something major happened and i think that's what happened with peterson it's just something major happened he hasn't put it out yet so um i'll let him have his pass but i, I hate man, i hate people missing weight man it's just like uh you know it's just like a pride thing but like it's a you know it's you're it's showing who you are like you, you got to go out there and you agree to this weight class for a reason and that's why the sport is you know the uh, level it is is um, it's like everyone's getting together, they're making sure they're in shape, they're making sure their weight's good and they're ready to fight for sure. and it's just you have one job really before the fight is to show up at weight and then you and then after that you go out there and fight whatever skill level you're at is what you're at, but you've got to be at that weight loss for sure.
0: Well, I've always seen people say for every pound you miss, you take a point in the fight because then that actually impacts. hundred percent,
4: man. It, well, that's, I would that's, I think, take some money for sure, but I don't think you can, you can't really take all the money because then it's like, they, they have no purpose of, they have no reason to fight, you know, so it's like, take, take a point would be freaking massive. Take a point for every pound would be huge and I would back that if you want to get a petition together and sign that, I will freaking sign that, man. I'm just like, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of hearing it. Like, these major fights, man. Like, uh, who was it? Like, not that long ago. When
0: uh, Romero fought Whitaker for the belt, he missed weight. And it wasn't even a title fight.
4: I know. That's what, like, I mean, like, I don't know. I I just don't get it, man. I really don't. Because, like, you know where your weight's at, like, all the time. Like, you check your weight almost – like, I check my weight, like, almost daily. And I really don't need to. But, like, I kind of do. Just jump on scale. Every time I walk by the scale of my house in the morning, I get on it every single day. I know within 0.2 or 0.4 pounds of like where I'm at all the time. After I've eaten or drinking something, I can tell you exactly where I'm at all the time. And so like, I walk around about 173. So for me to make 145 is a lot of freaking weight. And it's like, it's not easy. And so like when people miss weight, I'm like, dude, like, come on, man, that's bullshit. It's just like, you're being lazy and you're not taking this serious, so, like, I think taking a point away from the fight would be massive, and uh, I think, uh, you know, multiple misses like that should be, you know, like, something even more major. I don't I don't really know exactly, but, like, the point system would be huge. That would be massive, because it really is an advantage. When you, you talk about like me cutting twenty five pounds, like that last five pounds, like I legit feel like I'm gonna die. Like it's not easy at all. That last five pounds takes me like two hours. Where you know I might go to the gym. To, like tonight I'm doing a weight cut tonight, and I'll probably end up losing like thirteen, fourteen pounds, like within a two hour period, and like easy, like not even trying. Like that's just me getting on treadmill, getting in the sun, doing that twice, and you know I'll lose at least ten pounds, like you know in an hour. It's like it's very easy to do. And so that you get down to that last couple pounds whenever your body fat's low and you don't have a whole lot of mass, you know, it's it's a lot of weight, man. So I definitely I I back that I back that point system up though for sure.
0: Uh just last thing, like what is kind of your goal for this year? I know you only had one fight last year. I know you like being a lot more active than that's like oh, what's kind of the goal for you.
4: It's so frustrating, man. And it's like, you know, like I got that fight against Josh and then pulled out and before that like last year it's the same freaking thing like you never know what people are going to do and everybody wants to be in the UFC so bad that they'll they'll drag it out as long as they can they'll do these like they'll accept a fight and then when they when they get down to the last minute they don't they, they don't like the matchup they'll just pull out and say they got injured or whatever and so like for me it's just like I hope everybody steps up and just stays in the fights as long as possible unless they have some real injuries but i would like to to at least at least do two fights man like two or three fights three fights would be amazing but i mean you're talking like what was that one fight every four months like three fights that's super practical like i don't feel like it's like not you know that's very practical i feel like that you should definitely have to at least take two fights a year but I didn't want that. Like I was trying to do any like I was trying to take any I was looking for short notice fights after I like uh I, I forget what happened. Um, I don't know. Something happened last year. Like I had a fight and then like they switched it up and then I got hurt like I oh I got hit in the rib. That's what I got hit in the rib right before the week before they gave me Luke. Um I had someone else and then he pulled T J Laramie, yeah. he pulled out and then I had Luke uh uh, Luke Thomas maybe? Luke or no, Sanders? No, Luke Sanders. I had him, and then like I got him like the week or two weeks, um, two weeks before the fight. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. You know, he's a thirty er coming up. It's perfect. And uh, and then this kid, I I took someone down, and when I took him down. Um, I, I landed on my rib, and it just, like, it tweaked my rib. And I could not – like, I couldn't dig an underhook. I couldn't push away. I couldn't throw a good cross. And so coach is like, dude, we got to have this win. You know, you can't be going out there hurt like this, so we got to pull out. And I was like, all right, well, since it was short notice anyways, I'll just go ahead and pull out. And that was the first time I ever pulled out. And, like, I regretted it all. Like, I mean, for the next, like, three or four months trying to book another fight – I was just regretting it the whole time. I like, do, I can't believe I pulled out of that fight. You know, it's just so frustrating. But I would never pull out unless it was something like major. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, me getting two or three fights in this year is very practical. And that's definitely my goal is to at least get two.
0: Well, Damon, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much for doing this.
4: Uh, yeah, I mean, I appreciate it too.
0: Yep.